0: Is full of them, from low-budget crap-fests to downright unwatchable, and only two men are willing to watch them all. So climb in and take your seat. This is Short Bus Cinema.
1: Let's do it.
2: another fantastic episode of short bus cinema that's right i am johnny krug and with me as always my good friend rick
3: hey what's going on everybody and we were just talking before we got started here and i just want to say man I, I know we've got this show up and got it running real fast but i just want to tell everybody how much fun i'm having getting to work with johnny krug man this is it still blows my mind that that we're doing something together so uh, I, I just i'm just tickled to death man this is a whole lot of fun
2: Oh, yeah I mean watching the movies and, and and uh writing the notes and then getting to come on the show and exchange what we thought about the movies is amazing because uh I mean our hum-
3: it- our humor is pretty dang close. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, they, so and today, I mean, I'm I'm very thankful to be doing the show. It's it's been awesome, but uh, yeah, I think today is a movie that's going to be fun for a lot of people. This movie is cold. The night, <laughs> the night brings Charlie. I keep saying at night Charlie comes, and that just sounds disgusting.
3: <laughs> that's that's another movie. <laughs> yeah, starring Harry Reams. <laughs> yeah, this is a uh, <laughs> this is a slasher
2: movie, and and. Being as big into slasher movies as I am, I'm very shocked that I have never seen
3: this before today's episode. Had you seen this one? I had not, but our, my my good friend Mark Allison, which he does a lot of stuff for Mean and stuff, I remember back Gosh, 20 years ago, him talking about this horrendous movie that he watched called the, N- the Night Brings Charlie and he always brought it up and would describe how bad it is. So, when we opened up this page, he's one of the first ones to put something out there and sure enough, there it was, The Night Brings Charlie. So, uh yeah, it's it's uh it's interesting to dive into it. So, Mark, we appreciate it, man. Uh if if yeah, thanks. If, if this show sucks, it's your fault. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I have a I have a pretty good feeling this is going to be a good
3: episode. Oh yes. What, what is this? What is this episode seven? Episode number seven. So, uh, wow, dude. And we're just uh, it blows my mind again. We we just seems like we just got started and we're already uh, seven deep. Which uh, again, you know, take that as you will. <laughs> 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 All right, out of that ditch. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. We've, we've both got some uh, <laughs> some uh, personal thoughts about this movie, so uh, it's going to be neat to dive into it, man. I guess at this time, if you want to, we can take a short break, and we'll come back we'll talk about The Night Brings Charlie. For sure. All right, we'll be right back. Get out of the way!
4: Once there was a show called the Not-So-Evil Episode Sidecast. It was a long name, bad no one could ever remember. They released 25 episodes of brilliant film criticism. And like that,
0: he's gone. Now,
4: six months later...
0: We're back! I didn't know we were gone. We've got a brand new name, new movies to review, but the same old attitude. Foul language and obscure references? Count me in! Each episode, we pick a topic, watch four movies related to that topic, then bicker amongst ourselves to decide which film is the best.
4: We're the Theme Warriors!
0: Join Iris, Jeffrey X. Martin, Doug Tilly, and myself for Theme, theme Warriors. Warriors. Four people, four movies, one dynamite show. Catch us on iTunes,
2: Stitcher, and the Horrorphilia Network of Podcasts, as well as the Legion Podcast Network.
4: That's the Theme, theme Warriors. Warriors! Don't want to sleep no more! Who are you people?
0: And now for our feature presentation.
3: All right, everybody. Welcome back. And uh, again, uh, we're gonna dive into this movie and, and the night brings Charlie. And uh, before we do that, we've actually got a little sponsor from last week's show. Uh, if you remember, uh, this show is sponsored <laughs> this show is sponsored by uh, My Carino.
4: <laughs> My Carino, You're gonna die.
2: <laughs> that uh, was that was fantastic. <laughs>
3: I, I got another one. Here you go. Oh man. <laughs>
4: <Man-tarina>! <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> that is that is fantastic that is awesome man
3: oh that might be a keeper uh, folks
2: <laughs> that was that was great uh, that episode I had a lot of fun on, on that episode just I think the, the movie itself I think our notes and things we talked about was Far more entertaining than the movie could ever be.
3: Yeah, that movie was just so boring, but uh, that 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 guy's lines were just great. So, but yeah, if you folks out there, if you if you would like either one of these songs to be your ringtone, just give us a shout, and I will hook you up. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh Maybe. man!
3: All right, let's dive into this one, man. Go ahead. Not the night brings
2: Charlie from 1990. Uh, this movie is directed by a guy named Tom Logan. I went through his entire IMDb, which is actually pretty extensive. He's worked a lot on like Miss America pageants. Oh, actually, it was Miss North America, so I don't know if, if that's a, tip, a different pageant. <laughs> but he he did a lot of stuff with Miss North America pageants. And then uh, didn't the writer Bruce Carson on this? I noticed that he's actually primarily a stunt man and. It's funny because there's a stunt at the end of this movie yeah. that compares to a stunt he did in 1984's Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh-huh. He actually, he was actually the stunt guy who Nancy lit on fire in the basement and ran upstairs. Wow.
3: Well, yeah, continuity there.
2: <laughs> and I will tell you
3: this, um,
2: this. Spoiler alert for this movie. The fire stunt in this movie seemed highly
3: dangerous. Yeah, yeah. It seemed a little excessive. I agree. It's like, man when's this (laughs) going to stop? Yeah. You know, a lot of
2: movies, they do these fire stunts and then it, it'll, they'll do quick cuts and stuff to get different takes of it. It just seemed like one continuous shot of this one fire scene. I'm like, did he
3: live? (laughs)
2: I mean, this was six years after Elm Street. I didn't look at his, I didn't see if he was still alive.
3: Wow. That's incredible that he's in that other movie. So it makes a lot of sense.
2: The description on IMDb is actually very vague. A horrifying descent into the twisted killing spree
3: of a psychopath. Wow. That could be any slasher movie, really. Yeah, that's about as vague as you're going to get. We have much better descriptions for it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, we'll go along for sure. Yeah. Well, the movie—the movie starts off with like a like a three-minute
2: credit sequence that's just white lettering on a black background with this like pseudo ominous music, and uh, I was actually pretty surprised that there was that they didn't have any kind of backstory build-up there or anything, just because. Yeah. It was it was just so long. It felt like the credits went on forever.
3: Yeah, I mean, you expected some some creeping, you know, dialogue or something coming in, or, or an over voice yeah. or something. You don't get squat. You know, you just get a long credit uh, credit segment there, and and uh, of course, this version that we got to watch is actually on YouTube. So the sound was kind of distorted. So it wasn't the best audio in the world. It was a it was actually a an original VHS transfer. Which, if you watch this
2: version on YouTube, you'll see for about thirty seconds in the middle of it. <laughs> Right. That the VHS tape messes up and you can still hear the audio, but you don't see what's going on.
3: Yeah, I mean the screen goes completely blue. It's th- the blue screen of death, you know. And uh, <laughs> it, that, yeah, it threw me too. I was like, I hope the rest of the movie is not this way because it stays that way for a while. Uh, so who knows what we <laughs> missed? We might have missed, you know, the greatest part that was ever made. And maybe they had made it that way. That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like something
2: they do nowadays, right? Like a, like track like tracking, tracking. Adu- adjustments. The movie starts off you see a guy with a mullet he he brings his girlfriend jugsy malone back to her place <laughs> and uh he's he's kind of i mean it's first of all you find out later these are teenagers in high school i thought these kids were easily in the 30s yeah they didn't like high school kids at all which is a common theme in these movies Oh, this one especially, because <laughs> some of the like, some of the high schoolers you meet later on in this movie, I'm like, really, you're a high school kid? <laughs> exactly. After a little bit of negotiation. Uh he ends up driving off and leave her, leaving her at, his, at her apartment, which, to me, looked like she was walking up to the steps of a courthouse. It didn't even look like an apartment or a, yeah. a house. Yeah. It, it, and within, what, like like two seconds, she gets killed?
3: Yeah, man, I mean, that's what I said. It's, man, she just, she, she gets out of the car and walks up to the steps and then, boom, it's basically like this. That's it. She's dead. Just like that. It almost seems like he couldn't have even driven off in that time. Well, the thing is, is, you know, the weapon of choice, which we'll talk about a little bit. There's no way that if he used this weapon to do this, that that it would have dropped her that fast. No, (laughs) no. But 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 there is there is a fantastic
2: transition into the next scene
3: where you you see a young black guy walking up. And he's the paper boy. Yeah, he's throwing yeah. the papers, and he throws it, and he misses, like where he's trying to throw it. <laughs> he gets off the bike to go over where the paper is, and she, and she's laying there. Dead. I hope you have audio of his scream. Absolutely, his he, he sees all you see is the feet of the you know the body, but apparently her head is missing, and you get this. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: And you know what the best part is? That wasn't something that seemed like it was done in post or anything. It really seemed like he, he legitimately screamed on set like that. And, and it was that that is probably one of the top three most priceless weird screams in a horror movie. Absolutely.
3: Uh, it, just, it, it blew me away. And I, and I saw where several people that were commenting on, on YouTube watching it saying, Yeah, when the dude screams, that's where I stepped off. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, are you kidding? That's gold. <laughs> well they didn't even
2: get deep into that like this gets it gets a lot better so here we meet a lot of characters we meet um okay is he the medical examiner marv is that his name
3: uh, yeah it does get kind of they don't really say his name until later in the movie right and i was confused on who he was kind of through the whole thing anyways i mean you got the, the sheriff as well and uh, so they show up to to observe the body and stuff and you got some more dialogue with that it's kind of just your typical cop coming to the scene doctor's been up all night that kind of thing <laughs>
1: What is it? Same thing. The head? Yeah, it's gone. Christ. Good morning. Yeah, right. Didn't even get my first cup of coffee. Yeah. Same weapon, serrated edge sword, clean through the
0: spot. Jeez, I came to parko to get away from this. <laughs>
3: so yeah, the dude is using some sort of
2: sword with teeth on it. It's basically like a uh, like a tree, like a pruning thing you would use, but just a handheld one, right? Yeah.
3: Which is another thing too, because at the very beginning you see his, the, the, this truck pull up and a tow sack being dragged on the ground, and you see some tools put back up on a board, and it's not this weapon. It's a <laughs> he puts <laughs> up a pair of, of, of the big shears. And I almost want to say like a pitchfork or something, but it's not the weapon that he's using for the rest of the murder. So it's like, hmm, maybe we got a little continuity off here somehow. Maybe they didn't know at the time what what weapon they were going to use. I don't know.
2: But the pitchfork comes back in the third act. Oh, it definitely (laughs) does.
3: Definitely does. (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, here we meet. We meet like uh, we meet the the new sheriff. Apparently, he's brand new because the, the DA hates his guts. And I don't know why the DA is hanging out in a town that's probably ha- it probably has twenty citizens total.
3: Yeah, and he looks like Roger Waters, and he's just a, yeah. he's just a butthole. And, and of course, the the sheriff is still trying to figure out the name of the place. And. Uh, even even the receptionist doesn't like him, so, so he comes in and starts ra- you know raising a lot of havoc and stuff going on, and you got, I got some dialogue for that too.
0: Pacoe.
3: What? what a dick! <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he gets mad because the sheriff still doesn't know how to pronounce the name of the town, which I thought it was Paco too, but uh, it's apparently Pacoie. So there you go.
2: You learned from the the receptionist.
3: She
2: she actually uh, she comes back a lot in this movie. I mean she's she's a character that you don't think you're gonna need to focus on, but she she seems to take center stage in every scene she's in.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's one of those you kind of going, yeah, you can tell they just. Overdid this character to try to give it some comedy relief, you know, some, and uh, it becomes abrasive after a while.
2: It turns—it turns into a lot of bathroom humor after a while too. (laughs) Oh man!
3: Yeah. Well, the next scene, like you said, you go to where the girl's trying to go to the party, and her dad is—is the the doctor there? You got two doctors that are both working together. One looks like Paul Bear from, you know, he was the Undertaker's manager. He kind of looks like him. And then the other guy that's the dad that's involved in all this stuff, he kind of looks like Lloyd Kaufman and Christopher Lloyd mixed. So I I called him Christopher Lloyd Kaufman. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's why it may have
2: been confusing, is because they had two guys that I thought medical examiners in the the police station. Yeah, but they keep later in the movie they talk about how uh, Marv had did like doctor work to somebody to like actually heal them like a patient, and I'm like so. Is he a coroner? What is what is this guy?
3: Yeah, it's it's a mixed bag, and it may be one of those things where it's just a little small town, so you kind of have to be a little bit of everything. I don't know. They don't waste any time, really, to giving you, like you said, any backstory or anything. You're just kind of thrown in this situation, and you're supposed to figure it out as you go because I couldn't figure out when he pulls up in the car and he's got Debbie with him, which is his stepdaughter, which you never find that out until a little later on, but I'm like, what is it? Is she a hooker? Is this her dad? <laughs> is it her man? I, I don't know what's going on. Here. So it's a very weird scene because they do just, you know, give you the the pointers of what it is a little later on. You just, I guess you just have to wait. But at least they do make an attempt to tell you.
2: (laughs) And and some of the most interesting uh, backstory parts of this movie are never shown. And I wish they were. We'll get to that. We'll get to that in a little bit. But uh, so so you were like you're saying, Jenny goes to that party, and her dad's being all paranoid, doesn't want her to go. So he tells her, you know, the one stipulation is you have to stay at this party and not leave. So as soon as she gets there, her and her friend leave to go
3: get beer. They leave, yeah, and immediately. And don't forget on the on on their way going in, she hears something in in the over in the bushes, and you're thinking, oh, okay, it's about to get you know you're gonna get some POV camera work and stuff. And it's this dude named Bob who. He, he looks like a combination of Emo Phillips and Edward Scissorhands, and <laughs> he, he pops out and he's got this weird flock of seagulls haircut, and possibly the worst actor in, in the whole movie, really. Oh, oh yeah. And uh, I've, I've got where he jumps out, and uh, here's one of his great lines that you decide if, he, if you think he flubs the line or not.
4: <laughs> sure.
0: <laughs> got you good. So, I am here. You girls are getting together tonight.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, I'm here you're getting together tonight. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Every time he was
2: on screen, he reminded me of Mark from uh, Elm Street Five, the comic book guy. Oh, yeah. Very much. Like that. The hair and everything, I was like, man, that, that guy could have been a spitting, like, image of him. Yeah. And his character never really takes off. I mean, every time you see him, he's jumping out of a bush. <laughs>
3: That's all he does. That's all he's there for, is to give you that extra little jump scare that, you're, you you know, it's getting where you even know it's going to be Bob this time. And you're never wrong. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah the girls are at the party they're hanging out and they decide they need some more beer because there's a guy there that's trying to impress her by flipping peanuts off of his wrist into his mouth and he's not good at it and uh, they go outside and talk about being in, in the ditch man here's here's some conversation of it's just girl talk
1: so uh, Rob seems friendly. A little too friendly. What did you tell him? Just what you told me. You're hot for his
4: balls. Oh, God.
2: <laughs> you know, I had to rewind that because I, I thought she said that. And then I was like, no, surely she didn't say hot for his balls. So I rewound it. And I was like, no, she she most certainly didn't say that. Yep,
3: that's why it's on the show. <laughs> uh, I did the same thing. I rewound it probably three times. And I was like, yeah, I've, I've got to get a sample of this. That's just too ridiculous. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's great Well, So they leave the party and, and you see Charlie's truck Following them And uh, as soon as they get to the gas station It's really weird because it seemed like The guy who was offering to get the beer was of age and the two girls were like no we'll go get the beer and immediately once they get there apparently they're denied because of you know not being 21 right and so it's at that point where jenny's sister is her you said her name's debbie yeah i think that's right she shows up and she's just livid with jenny so uh she demands that she gets in the car and takes her back home and within what (laughs) Three seconds of her friend getting back into her car. She gets her head sawed off.
3: Yeah. You see a person walk up and and just, uh, yeah, just cut it right off. You don't really see it. But I'll tell you what. For low budget, there there was some – this is the difference in low budget movies. And that's why this one is not as bad as a lot of them. They made good decisions on what to show and what not to show. Yes. Uh, I thought the violence was very well executed. Because a lot of it you don't see at all. But you may see the aftermath or something like that. I, I thought they made some really good decisions on what to show, what not to show, and had to hand it to them. And, and then when when uh, like you said, she gets her head sawed off and then not even I don't know, twenty seconds after that the the guy that was at the party and his best friend pull up in a in a very nice carino.
4: You're <laughs> gonna <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> but uh, it's never going to get old. Uh, never. But, uh, so they see the car there, and they're looking around for the girls. Which is weird, because they're, they're looking for the girls, but the car is right there. So you would figure they'd say, okay, they, they are here. Of course, they look in the car, and sure enough, her head's gone. So uh, you get the the cops called out to this scene. We, we haven't told you enough about Charlie yet, because... Charlie is a person that just lives in the town. He he trims trees. It's even on his truck. Charlie's well, he, tree service. He doesn't
2: he doesn't even live there. Like he, he's actually in town just for landscaping.
3: Yeah, yeah. So but everybody knows who he is. They kinda know his backstories, you know, he's been deformed. And we'll get into that a little later on too, but everybody knows him as this disgusting guy that, you know, he just comes and does his job and nobody thinks anything of it, but everybody's grossed out by him. And <laughs> that's the extent of it. So the fact that people are getting their heads sawed off by something, and they don't even think about the guy that's in town that just wears a bag over his head and some goggles, and you never see his face, I mean... I think they would be the first person you go to. Yeah, I'd at least say, hey man, uh, you know, have you been around? Let me see your shoes. You know, something to that degree. But no, no, we're not there yet. <laughs>
2: We saw one of your landscaping business cards in the back pocket of the headless corpse. I mean, it could have been—it could have been a total fluke. We're just saying. I mean, where were you, Charlie? That's right. <laughs> well, right after the decapitation of uh, J- Jenny's friend, <laughs> Charlie, I guess, gets a wild hair up his butt, and he goes after a random girl in the shower, and. It- this, this character's never introduced, never really explained, but the scene's not very bothersome. I
3: mean, no, I was about to say, it doesn't matter, because uh, uh, she's blessed. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that was one thing, too, is, is
2: and I'm glad this movie addressed it, because she gets in the shower, and the first thing I noticed, well, not the first, but the second thing I noticed <laughs> was she's got a can of Diet Pepsi Absolutely. sitting there in the shower with her. <laughs> And, and I was thinking, wow, that's a brave choice.
3: <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's it's a just a can, you know, the pop-top can, and she's taking a sip out of it and setting it over on the edge of the shower and lathering up her hair. And you're just like, I, I, I've never known anybody to take a drink of that kind <laughs> into a shower. No. <laughs> you know, it's not like, oh, no, it's only going to take me, you know, Maybe a minute and a half, and I'll jump out, the and then I can have a drink. Then, no, I'm going to take it in the shower with me. So, uh, yeah, like you said, I've got it on my notes. Diet Pepsi for the win. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: you know what's funny about the
3: scene too is you were saying lathering up her hair. She ends up dropping
2: the Pepsi, and Charlie's Charlie's made his way inside of her house at this point. And he's outside of her shower door, which I mean, you, you could see him as plain as day through, this, through the glass door, but. <laughs> I was very confused cuz it shows her lathering up her hair with you know like what looks like shampoo but then it shows her also lathering her face with what i assume is shampoo also
3: yeah <laughs> it looked like it, it, it looked like she was lathering up a beard It's almost like she grabbed the wrong stuff to put in her hair and it just went wild and (laughs) was all over her face. It almost looked like shaving cream, really. I mean, it was just the weirdest, you know. Of course, she's even complaining about, oh, I I can't see. I mean, no, you can't. Look at what you're rubbing it in your face. Of course you can't. But uh, again, well, I didn't mind. You
2: <laughs> <laughs> is, 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 I didn't either. Is there any explanation for why he leaves? Did he just get like, I don't know, he, he just jets out of there, does nothing. I
3: mean, she drops the can of Pepsi. She goes to pick it up because it's pouring down the drain. And and when she gets back up, he's just kind of gone. So no explanation whatsoever. I think it was just a chance to see a girl in the shower is basically what this come down to. And for that, I Charlie was just sharing his moments with us. <laughs> Right. It's definitely worth checking out. Just that part. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, he leaves
2: the shower, and the next scene is him walking past the uh, city limits sign, and he updates the population on there. <laughs> because, you know, most maniacal serial killers, they're going to stop to update the population.
3: <laughs> That's fantastic, man. I, and when you saw the sign, you saw him walking, you're like, yep, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. Bam! He did it. I'm like, way to go, director. That's awesome. <laughs> Oh yeah, th- I mean
2: that's the thing about this movie is is it, I think it went in every direction I expected it to, yeah. and it I, and that didn't bother me <laughs> It did not at all. <laughs> I was like, you know, sometimes it's fine to know exactly what's gonna happen, especially whenever you're in a movie like this.
3: <laughs> then you get the weird, where where the the girl, the main character, I guess you would say, she's. She's dreaming she's at... Uh, like at a barn. At, yeah, at the barn. But you don't know it's a dream. You just see her and she's like snooping around, finding all this stuff. And then out of nowhere, you know, this character pops up and she wakes up. She's in the bed and she hears a noise outside and she opens the curtains and there's Charlie up in a tree. you know, <laughs> Pruning the tree outside her window. <laughs> doing his thing, you know. Which is weird because every time you see him, that's all he's ever doing. He's, he's up on a ladder, standing in a tree, not really doing anything. So he, he
2: does. Seem, he does seem to loom a lot. Yeah. But you, you know the funny thing about Charlie too is is if you notice whenever he's standing on solid ground and not in the ladder, he's almost
3: as tall as the ladder. Yeah. He's a big guy, and the, the yeah, the, he's in, intimidating looking. But it's just weird. I don't know if he just gets paid by the hour, so he just milks it for all he can. He just sits up there, or he's just in you know just a lunatic. <laughs> Take your pick.
2: <laughs> well, right after this, uh, you actually uh, you get the, the new sheriff at the police station, and uh, he gets a phone call because the... What is she, like, the 911 operator? What is she technically, the woman?
3: Yeah, I just said receptionist. I mean, that's that's what yeah. she does. She just takes in all the, the, the calls that come in, and uh, yeah, things are not going well for the sheriff because all these accidents and people being murdered is happening, and uh just to give you a taste of the reception she heard a little bit of a while ago, but here's here's her going off a little bit. I don't know if you're counting, but that's a 15th person today who wants your nuts on a plate. When are you gonna catch that guy? <laughs> well,
0: maybe I'll go out tonight and do it. There's nothing on TV.
3: Don't get your panties in a knot, I was just asking. Watch the phones for me. I gotta pick. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And and when she says, I, "I watch the phones for me," I gotta pay. I gotta pay. I got. She 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 grabs she grabs yeah, her crotch. Grabs for, yeah. yeah. I'm like, really? You are a class act all the way,
3: lady. And like I said, so, they, just, they just took her and and made her as as much comic relief as they could with it. I guess because there's no other explanation of why she's acting the way she is. Well, she's probably the only comic relief of the movie. Now that I think about it. Yeah.
2: Very true. But uh, as, she, as soon as she leaves, he gets a phone call, and it's from the killer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, the killer tells the sheriff that uh, he's a ghost and he can't be killed. It's very, <laughs> it's very, very, very
3: scream-like. It is very scream-like. Yep. I'm everywhere. I'm in the middle of everything, and you'll never see me, and you'll never know, and I'm gonna kill them all. And it's like, wow. Okay. All right. <laughs> don't, don't do anything smart like trace the call there, you know, Sheriff, being that, you know, you kind of run the town. <laughs> well, you no, no, I
2: will tell you this, though. He does some awesome police work here because during that phone call, <laughs> the, the sheriff says, hey, just, uh, where are you? Just tell me where you are. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, Okay. <laughs>
2: I'm glad you asked the hard-hitting questions. (laughs) No wonder you're in a small town now, jackass. You lost your good job
3: because of that.
2: (laughs) He's like, no, just just, uh, where where are you? Where can I I find you? (laughs) Really? (laughs) You're talking to somebody that just decapitated like four people.
3: Yeah. Oh, crazy. (laughs) Love it. And meanwhile, back at the bummer party... (laughs) Oh, is this Jenny's party? This is Jenny's party, and oh, this party is a bummer. Oh man, they're just because the because the dad's sitting up there, you know, in, up in the with shotgun with a shotgun looking out the window, and they're all out by like a, a fire pit or whatever, <laughs> and they're just like standing there, like, yeah, uh, how are we supposed to have fun when he's looking at us with a shotgun?
2: Well, did you notice that the the music during that scene when they're by the pool and they have that like that they're roasting marshmallows, that the mu- the background music is almost like the music from a job orientation video. <laughs> it, it it didn't even sound like the music you'd hear like in an elevator. It was it was like the worst of the worst. Oh,
3: oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they're just standing around, and then one girl says, "Hey, we got to liven this party up. We can drink. We can't drink. My dad's right there. Well, we can sneak off and drink." So this is your smart ones of the bunch because he's watching, and the girls run around, <laughs> run around the hedges. And when they disappear, what do you think the dad does?
1: He doesn't oh, sit up yeah. there.
3: He takes off. He's gonna go out there and see what's going on. Oh, I Lord. had to rewind it twice. But did you notice? As
2: soon as he got up with a shotgun, he almost clipped the yeah. older sister in the <laughs> face with the barrel. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that was supposed to happen. No. She she almost got clocked the hell out on the set. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, he, And she and she was a redheaded stepchild. And she's, she's the only person with a level head, yeah. yeah
3: she's taking, you know, she went and, you know, she's helping her sister out because, you know, her sister was going to get in trouble for leaving the house. You know, for, you know, they told her to stay at that party and don't leave. Which is ironic because my parents never took me to a party where there was drinking and said, you stay at this party and don't leave. Yeah. It just didn't happen.
2: This is the brothel. You stay here until the red light goes out. <laughs> So, and of course, in the scene, of course, before the dad runs out, we have to have our. This is the third time, by the way, that Bobby pranks them. Yeah. And. Like I said earlier, it's literally him jumping out of a bush and just going, ah.
3: yeah. I mean, it's like a third it's, grader it's, or a three-year-old, you know, playing hide-and-seek, whatever. And like I said, it gets to where you can predict when he's going to jump out and do this stuff. And of course, the dad's there. <laughs> of course, Bobby finally finds out what it's like to be scared himself because his dad, uh, the dad points the shotgun at him. What are you doing <laughs> out here? You know, and uh, so he almost craps his pants. He tells him to go straight home, and he gives him all these directions, man. and look. Weird directions. I mean, it's and there's no way I would remember all this stuff guy,
2: this guy told me. It wasn't one of the things to go home and, and dial this number, and, and if it rings twice, I'll know you're safe. Why not pick it up and say I'm safe?
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he says, uh, go home and dial this number, 771 seven and you're going to go there, and you're going to call and let it ring twice and hang up, and then you're going to call again, and then I'll know you're safe. And it's like, wait a minute, what was the number again? <laughs> A lot of demands, a lot of numbers, and so they send Bobby on his, way, on his way. Emo, scissor hands, and he's walking along. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you get another POV of a camera. You know, the killer POV looking at you, kind of thing. And then all of a sudden, there's these two rednecks with their shotguns in their hands. Apparently, it's the Midnight Militia. So now, now the town- oh, we didn't even mention that.
2: We didn't mention that they actually brought on a lot of the townspeople with guns.
3: Yeah. So you got just the local people walking around with shotguns at night, looking for somebody that could be a killer. That always works out good.
2: <laughs> if Halloween four is any indication, it, it's always good.
3: <laughs> right. <laughs> Learn your lessons, folks. Uh, what's the name of this town? Pocono. Up-Cowey. <laughs> they're in the Poconos. <laughs> they're in the Poconos. So Edward Scissorhands makes it home and uh, goes to go in the house, and he's still looking at the, the rednecks out in the yard. And then out of nowhere, bam, he gets it too, just like uh, just like the girl at the beginning. You you never really see it happen. You just see him kind of get grabbed, and you hear a yell, and that's kind of the end of him. But but
2: the two redneck guys, after it happens, look over there. It's like they're still within view of, yeah. of his gate. And, and they just like, uh, he's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you know one thing I really like? Uh, there's the next scene. <laughs> Charlie calls the sheriff again. <laughs> right. And, and uh, this made me laugh. I rewound this. I mean, there were a lot of scenes I rewound a few times. You but this to. one I did. <laughs> oh, yeah. This one was one where... Um, Charlie is saying all these like ominous spooky things to the sheriff and the sheriff says I'm getting really tired of this crap <laughs> and, and, and I was like really you're scolding him like an 8 year old <laughs> like I'm getting sick of this crap he just decapitated half the town oh man but then oh.
3: out of that this is when he starts telling him where to go I always thought the whole objective of being a I don't know criminal murderer, or whatever is not to let people know where you are but he tells him he says tells him where to go where to find the weapons, all that good stuff. Of course, the safe thing is it's during the day, because the night brings Charlie. So during the day, I guess he just (laughs) decides, well, I can't kill, it's daylight. I don't know. So the sheriff goes out to this location, which is this barn, where we kind of had a flashback earlier this barn. And this barn, they keep saying this is where Charlie's
2: staying. Like... Are we to believe that he's staying in the barn?
3: Right. Uh, That's the other thing, too, is, you know, well, does he live in town? Does he not live in town? Does he live in his barn? What's the story here? We'll
1: never know.
2: Well, and it's, it's, there's, this scene goes on for actually a little bit too long, the scene where the, yeah, the sheriff's investigating the barn, because then you have the deputy show up and he wanders around. There's a, a jump scare where the sheriff pops out at him. And ultimately, they, they're like, oh, we need to go arrest Charlie.
3: Right. And, and there's even a scene so. there where he goes to call back up and you see Charlie standing back there looking at him and I thought okay this, <laughs> is, this is set up pretty good because it's one of those things where you know the the sheriff comes into the scene and it kind of covers up where you see Charlie standing back there and I thought okay well he'll step away and of course he'll be gone and then the next scene he'll be right 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 on him and no he don't he's he's just gone so he put a little Mikey Myers on us which is funny because when you see him later in the
2: movie it's like he almost can't hide you know what's funny too, there are a few scenes in this movie that earlier, um, I think it was after the blonde girl gets decapitated in the car there's a few scenes like there's one where you see Charlie hiding, hiding behind a bush and then you see a deputy with his gun like drawn on the bush and he's like come out, whoever that is, and the scene just ends like it doesn't yeah. even, there, nothing happens that's right, yeah, I remember and, that it happens a few times where I'm just like why was that scene in the movie? yeah yeah. Either the, their deputies must really suck in that town. <laughs> so when they arrest him, we we actually get to see Charlie's disfigured face because the sheriff isn't playing dress up. He's like, take off the goggles and the mask, right? Right. And, and uh, we hear that it was a chainsaw accident, but uh,
3: <laughs> yeah. And, and, I've got it written. It's the Saigon chainsaw accident. <laughs> It, kinda, it goes a little bit Saigon, like this. Saigon, that comes up a lot. Yeah, it's the whole Saigon scenario. So here's here's a sample of that conversation. This is, uh, this is the sheriff talking to the doctor
0: who knows a little bit about Charlie. Well, we got some pretty incriminating evidence
1: on him, but I can't get him to talk. I understand that you know him. We were together in Saigon, and I'm the one who tried to piece him together after the chainsaw accident. <laughs> Poor man. I'll see what I can do.
3: So, you're in Saigon, <laughs> rejuggling chainsaws. <laughs> was this part of the entertainment of the night? Uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> oh man.
3: So this... yeah, there's there's a again there's a there's a the one thing it is weak on is just giving you some explanations on things. It was the chainsaw accident in Saigon. Oh, okay, that's good enough for me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and well, I mean, it's, it's almost immediately after this that the sheriff isn't buying into it because i mean supposedly charlie gives him a two-page confession
3: instantly i mean it was like he dude walks in walks back out well got everything you need right here it's like (laughs) what and uh it was pretty much like a mad libs thing he
2: just was filling in the verbs and nouns (laughs) (laughs) you you killed a girl
3: that's right okay cut off her head that's right that's right. You saw Pepsi Boobs. <laughs> Pepsi Boobs.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so this is actually right. This is the point of the movie where things are kind of finally. I mean, there's still quite a bit of time left in this movie at this point. I mean, not a ton, but like maybe 45, 35 minutes.
3: Right. There's a key point right here, too, because as soon as he, the doctor walks out and gives him the written confession and he says, oh, it's a good thing you got the murder weapon.
4: Hmm.
2: That was never brought up.
3: Yeah, how do you know that? Hmm. <laughs> He's a twist.
2: <laughs> <laughs> this, this could very easily be a Night Shyamalan, except for I think I enjoyed this more than most of his movies. Oh, yes,
3: yes. Yeah, well, I heard, <laughs> th- the story I heard, and we use this a lot on Hail Ming, but it, it kind of works for everything, is uh, uh, we heard it's a lot like uh, Weekend at Bernie's 2, but better. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, so, yeah, with that going on, then the sheriff says... Hmm, something's fishy here. So the next day, the sheriff goes to the doctor's office and leaves a note to Paul Bear and <laughs> says, Hey, hand this to Doc. <laughs> hand this to Doc when he shows up. And dude opens it up and looks at it and it says, I think we both know who the killer is, yada yada yada. So meet me at my at my office. So later that night, the sheriff is just sitting at a, at a desk on his computer and just typing away. And his receptionist is like, are you going to stay here all night? And he's like, yeah, hey, you just go ahead, go ahead and turn off the lights when you go. I'm going to stay here and work a little bit. Setting everything up, right? He knows something about to happen, so he's typing away. And all of a sudden, here comes Charlie in the back door. He comes sneaking in. And he walks over to him that's at the, at the computer desk. And he whacks him in the head, and it's a dummy. Now, how he changed that out so fast... I don't know. So that's quick.
2: <laughs> he just had a he had a prop dummy on hand. It's one of those CPR ones.
3: Yeah. So uh, and then you get the you get the reveal of what's going on, because the sheriff now has him at gunpoint, makes him turn around, and you get this conversation.
0: You got my message. I
1: won't. It did arouse my curiosity. I don't think I understand it, though. I think you do. I did
0: some checking. In Saigon, you were charged with the murder of a 17-year-old Vietnamese girl. Cut to pieces and left for dead.
1: Those charges were dropped.
0: Only because she was North Vietnamese. And the army shipped you before there could be an investigation.
1: Nothing very incriminating about that. 25-year-old case that never came to trial.
0: True. But this afternoon, you mentioned that uh, it was a good thing I'd found the murder weapon. How did you know? I didn't say anything. I asked Jack, he didn't either.
1: Charlie told me it was in his confession.
0: Oh, did he? (laughs) Well, I called Charlie's doctor. You see, Charlie... (laughs) The chainsaw took care of that. And it made me wonder how a mute can give a two-page confession. Now, the only way you could have known about the murder weapon is if you'd been there. Been don't there don't
4: it?
0: That was you at the barn, wasn't it? Dressed as Charlie. And that was you that called me as Charlie and carefully directed me to his place. Didn't you know that we'd check on these things?
1: By that time, I'd been long gone. You just moved faster than I anticipated. What happened? <laughs> carving up dead ones wasn't enough. And that's the way i's, I'm glad that it's over. It's like an addiction. I thought I could lick it. I
3: thought I could control it. <laughs> so, so this is the most nonchalant, turning yourself in dialogue I think I've ever heard. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just like nobody's excited, nobody's freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> There's no words for that. I mean, even watching it, you're like, "Is this the reaction we're gonna get?" Well, I I knew you'd probably catch me in the end. So uh, yeah, uh, that's just what I was doing. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> okay. Oh man.
2: <laughs> well, so they're having this 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 uh, completely docile conversation <laughs> about murder. And, uh, and at that point, the, the, he, uh, Walt asks about Charlie, at which point the sheriff's like, well, we let him go. You know, he wasn't guilty. And Walt's like, you idiot. He's a killer, too. Yeah, that's the, I call it
3: the <laughs> second reveal.
0: So here's that piece of gold. Made your old friend Charlie Puckett back to town to do some work for you. Pointing a finger at an innocent
1: man. Charlie innocent? Hardly. What do you mean? Charlie's in custody, right?
0: No. Jack took him to pick up his truck. I had no reason to hold
1: him. No reason? Oh my God! (laughs) I thought you knew the whole story. What are you talking about? (laughs) Don't you understand? Charlie's like me, only worse. Okay. Only worse. Don't try. Listen to me. Listen. Charlie was with me in Saigon. He held the girl down for Christ's sakes. Still doesn't sound as bad. Sure, exactly. Carol Bach <laughs> Shannon Davis. I made it look like Charlie did it, but that's where I stopped. Charlie took over. He killed the rest. Oh, my God. You stupid son of a <laughs> bitch.
3: <laughs> He's the stupid one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: apparently, apparently, your foolproof plan was all dependent on the sheriff keeping both of you in custody.
3: <laughs> Folks, I, I've already said this, but this this whole conversation we had right here, this part of dialogue, this movie is Jaws 3. In every, every form and fashion, because you, you caught the baby shark and you kept it from killing, but the mama's out there and she's more deadly. It's it's the same setup as Jaws 3. 3D. Louis Casa Jr. <laughs> you can't handle the Lou. <laughs>
2: That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I also like how uh, I like how uh, Marv's the more he gets like passionate about what he's saying. He sounds like Uncle Leo from Seinfeld. <laughs> it's like, oh,
3: you have me schvitzing. Ah, oy. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> I just love the fact that he's worse. He held the girl down. I'm like, yeah, that, that doesn't really. You just pepper her. <laughs> Yeah, but that was North Korea.
2: I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not not giving either one of you a free pass. But it kind of sounds like you're, you're a little bit crazier. Lordy, mercy. So, so right af- right after this, Charlie th- – this is a scene that I thought was a throwaway and would not come back because they cut to a couple other scenes after this. But Charlie runs a, <laughs> a, a, a quote-unquote biker gang off the road oh, for pretty much no reason. and <laughs> well, uh, You don't
3: even really run them off the road. I mean if you watch it, he's way away from them. And then they crash like afterwards. <laughs> I'm like – that was, I mean, were they just afraid to do the stunt too close to him Because, anyways, it, these guys
2: are dressed like they're dressed like striper, and they're driving, they're riding around on BMX bikes like uh, Eddie Furlong in Terminator Two. <laughs> Yeah, it's like man. they,
4: they
2: yeah. remind me of Super Troopers, where where she's like they meet at the, the at the restaurant, just like bikers, and he's in like the the ten speed bike outfit. Right? <laughs> and She's dressed in leather.
3: And you got one guy that looks like Buster Poindexter, another guy that looks like Alfred E. Newman, which are which are the main guy sidekicks. And uh, <laughs> oh gosh, it's just hilarious. You keep on rocking, <laughs> feeling hot, hot, hot. Take it, Charlie. <laughs> the night brings Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and then man. outside of that, they run him off the road. And Charlie stops on road, and the main biker's like, "Dude, come back here! I'm gonna kill you!" And then he then it's, there's, there's just nothing. He goes, "You ain't even worth it." And he walks back to his bike. And Charlie takes off. It's the next scene that I love. Charlie's friend. <laughs> yeah, when he pulls up and he's got there's the doodle stranded <laughs> on the side of the road in the VW van, and it's messed up. And He looks like Dario Argento dressed up like Paddington Bear. <laughs> <laughs>
1: he's got <getting laughs> the blue hat
3: and the yellow jacket on. It's just like, what? What is he going does. on with this guy, man? And he genuinely seems to like
2: Charlie. Like he seems like he's so interested yeah. in why he's back in town. And like, how are you doing? And <laughs> then, <laughs> then the unthinkable happens. <laughs>
3: Yeah, man, Charlie takes a pair of those big shears and just jabs them in dude's hand. In the, he, he's got his hands in the door frame of the truck, you know, like in the window. So the windows are rolled down. He's just got his hands in there. Hey, Charlie, how's it going? Wham! <laughs> so apparently the, the shears go into his hand and into the door somehow, because it holds him on the door. And then Charlie- I assumed it went into where the window was I or something. but I figured, too. But, and then Charlie just takes off, and he's just dragging the dude... <laughs> He's hanging on the side of the truck. And it starts off pretty lame because dudes try to run alongside the truck, you know. And then, then it gets where it's like, wow, they're, they're actually pulling that dude. But, uh, yeah, he finally, uh, the dude's, either the hand just breaks through, which you don't see, you know, what happens to his hand or whatever, but it breaks loose and he falls in the road. And I don't know about you. I mean, the hand is a big deal, but being he wasn't drugged very far and he fell off I don't know that I would still I I would be paralyzed enough to just lay there in the road to watch Charlie go drive down the road and put the brakes on put it in reverse turn around and come back and run over me I I think I could have (laughs) crawled out of the
2: way or something (laughs) no because that scene He's literally laying in the road for a good almost minute while Charlie's just anticipating what he's going to do next.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's like a it's an old, you know, mid-60s truck that he's driving. So it's got the steer you know, the shifting on the, the, on the column and it's taking him a long time. And it's an old truck. And I'm like, dude, man, any kind of I mean, dude is like comatose laying there. He's not, not moving at all. <laughs> and, uh, of course, Charlie comes back across and, and just plows him over. And, you know, you don't see anything, which is fine. You see the truck kind of go up in the air. But it is better than, than when they run over the guy in, in Samurai Cop. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the end of Argento. <laughs> yeah. Paddington Bear. <laughs> I mean, it is the, it's the same color scheme, man. <laughs> and then you get to where, where I guess... Charlie's had a, a, a fun enough night so he decides to go back to the barn and hang out because that's what serial killers do. And uh, while he's there and he's getting out of the truck, guess who shows up? The bikers are back. Hey, there's that guy running you off the road, man. Well, I'm gonna let's go have some fun. So they're going to try to sneak in and mess him up. I mean, you know, that's what bikers do because they're mean and obnoxious, I guess. So, a big question I got about this, Johnny, is why is there a red light in the loft of the barn?
2: I don't know. It, the whole thing is—it's very much like an Amsterdam
3: brothel. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> for no reason. There's no lights anywhere else in the barn. It's just in the loft. It's like super red light. It's almost like one of those rotisseries. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess it was just to, you know, let you know that uh, you're in the you're in the lair now. You're in you're in the den of the monster. First thing is you get Buster Poindexter sticks his head up in the loft and gets his head whacked off. That kind of takes care of that. And then uh, Alfred E. Newman is trying to run out of the building because he saw that, and then on the way out, uh, Thor, which is the main biker guy, is swinging by his neck. Apparently he put a noose around him just swinging out outside the front of the loft. And then uh, Alfred gets on his bike, and he takes off, and waiting down at the end of the fence row, there's old Charlie with a pickaxe. And it's a pretty cool scene, man. It's a cool scene, but at that point, I was wondering if...
2: I was really wondering if both killers were present there because Charlie had to still be in the barn, I he's
3: thought. Gotta, I, he's got to be a fast dude, man. I mean, to turn oh, the yeah. dude's head off, tie up Thor, throw him out the window, and then run down there and, and be ready to hit him with the pickaxe. I, I mean, he's he, Jason can't keep up with this guy.
2: <laughs> Charlie should have had a franchise. <laughs>
3: Mom, I want a Charlie
2: doll. Well, during during this whole thing, we, we hear that Jenny's actually. Uh, she, I don't know why she's going through with this dare, but apparently she's dared to go to Charlie's place, the barn, <laughs> and uh, like you know, steal some of his underwear or
3: something. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Just it's so, exactly, it's just to, just to prove that he's there, and you're not scared of him. We're all gonna go out there together. So those three girls. I, I guess this is a you're supposed to be a young teenager, and it's these dares that you did back then. I don't know. It's just. Plum stupid to me, but hey, what I know.
2: Well, you know the thing I love about this is the sheriff leaves to go to the barn, and he leaves Walt, who he knows is a confessed killer, unhandcuffed at the desk with his deputy, and as soon as he f- will figures out that his daughter's there, he knocks out the deputy to go. And like, you know this guy's a serial killer, right? You, you, you don't want to put one cuff on him
3: or anything? It's the best, man, because he's sitting there and he's and he's talking to the, the red-headed daughter about the whole situation. She's where? At the barn? Uh, no, I'll tell you what. You stay where you are. I'll take care of things from here. And he sets the phone down and just whack! Hits, hits the deputy the I don't even know. What he just, just like kung fu reaction or something, and he just smacks the dude and knocks him out. And so, so there he goes, just like that. Well, I like the, I like the conversation he had with Debbie though too. He's like, just want to
2: call and say I won't be home tonight, <laughs> tonight <laughs> or any other night because you're a serial killer. <laughs> you're probably going to prison for a while. I mean, I know they haven't handcuffed you yet because apparently in Picoe, they don't you know, they have no rules on the way stuff goes down. But oh yeah. Yeah, that that sheriff was incompetent to say the least. So so he shows up. The sheriff shows up to the barn, and I mean, again, like when things happen, they happen within seconds of someone arriving. And he gets pitched, forked in the stomach almost immediately.
3: Yeah, I mean, it. it, and it again, pretty good. It looks pretty good, but it's like like you said, instant. He's like walking. He's like do do do. And what's funny is he. The, well, the sheriff actually went up in the loft. And he's like, oh, what's that smell? And he's got his rag out. And you hear that from from uh, Buster Poindexter, too, when he sticks up here. and he says, man, it smells up here. What's that smell? So, obviously, there's something up there that smells. And, of course, it's Charlie. But <laughs> <laughs> but the sheriff makes this big deal of going up and putting a rag over his mouth and stuff so he can breathe. And, of course, he finds the toe sack with heads in it. That's what the smell is. But then, later on, our, our hero goes up there. Or the girl, Jenny? Jenny goes up yep. there. And no reaction. No, doesn't act like it smells. Or anything. <laughs> it was like, okay, that's that's no. what they missed right there. So
2: but yeah, I sure. was just gonna say yeah, she, she goes there and uh, basically she uh, she goes up there, doesn't smell anything, and it seemed like out of a bit of clumsiness, just falls out of the barn, the top of the barn, <laughs> out the
3: door. Yeah, well, I think she sees Charlie. He like stands up, moves ah, oh, and she. <laughs> And she I don't know if she falls or she jumps. It's it is a Texas chainsaw jump from the second floor type move. You can tell that she pulls from. (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, t- to be honest, though, I mean, she's already had three scares from Bobby doing the same thing. I mean, she should be used to this by now.
3: Yeah, this should be old hat. <laughs> but she does. She jumps from the top of the loft, lands on Lake, and of course, at this point, it does become some sort of Texas Chainsaw type thing. So, or her oh, really, Jason, yeah. Jason for sure, starting off because. He comes down and, and he's got almost like a like a hay bale a hook or something. Oh well, yeah, and then the one in there right after that, he gets the chainsaw. And then he gets the chainsaw. He he's got something that he's trying to swing over and hit her with, and he's like, this isn't going to work. She actually gets in a stall in the barn, and of course, there's bodies laying everywhere. and So she's trying to get away. And then all of a sudden, you hear it crank up. He's got him a chainsaw. And uh, he comes storming in, and she's on the ground. There's nowhere to go. So he raises the chainsaw up, getting ready to serve the mighty blow. And then out of nowhere comes the red-headed stepsister (laughs) with a (laughs) shrub. And uh, plants a good one on Charlie, and he falls to the ground. And uh, she gets her sister up, and they start taking off running. And, and I love this part because <laughs> I, you're probably gonna laugh about the. You're laughing probably about the same thing I'm about to talk about. Yeah, I, I'm, I, uh, probably. <laughs> when they get outside of the barn, yep. And Charlie's coming after them and you got the girl that's limping, and then all of a sudden her sister just jets the other direction. <laughs> I thought, holy crap, is she just leaving
2: her. <laughs> well, no, that made me laugh, but also it made me laugh when they get outside too. And immediately they turn to the right, and the dad who just left jail is dressed as Charlie again. <laughs> like you think you could save your daughter's dress like a normal
3: dad? Oh, that's right. I forgot about that because she's got the she's got a gun. She's she uh Jenny gets it from the cop. Yeah, right, right. And she <laughs> and she plugs her dad because he's standing there dressed like Charlie. He's like, dude, <laughs> you probably want to take that stuff off now. I mean, just to clarify, but it's that thing well, you know where you killed. Well, I mean. It should have been in
2: the evidence locker, but apparently the police station probably just had it sitting next to him.
3: Yeah. Yeah. How did he get the mask and the, the goggles back and, and go back to doing this kind of stuff? So I don't know, man. I mean, you can see why they did it, but there's no explanation of how it happened. So uh, so they plug their dad, and, and then again, the, the sister, uh, the redheaded sister, goes to get the axe. <laughs> and apparently it's wedged in th- into the stump too hard. And she can't get the axe out. So there's this running back and forth there for a little bit of that stuff. And uh, this has got to be the... the chainsaw, th- man. <laughs> yeah, you got the chainsaw. He's coming after him, And there's a leak. It's leaking the fuel. Yeah. <laughs> and then out of nowhere, where well, this is going on, and he's heading towards them... Uh, then the dad that's just been shot has his handy-dandy ladder that he keeps on him all the time, I guess, <laughs> and sees a trail of fuel going up to, to Charlie, and he lights it, and it's just a very slow burn <laughs> that goes oh. down. And during this time, out of nowhere, comes the sheriff, who's been pitchforked. <laughs> <laughs> and he comes up, and he starts shooting him, and it's like, wait a minute. These these got to be some tough, tough people. Because, dude, I mean, that pitchfork, it didn't just, like, braze it. I mean, it, it went almost, like, through it. <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: He has holes in, like, four vital organs. Yeah.
3: But, no, man, he's back on his feet shooting his <laughs> gun. And, of course, the, the fuel line catches on fire, catch, you know blows up. Charlie's on fire, like you said earlier. And then he just... This is that stunt. Man, and it goes on forever.
2: It was almost comical It was like he he crossed the farmland He crossed almost like a a cornfield He made his way through a a little desert spot And then finally to a lake And he just plops into the lake (laughs) And it it was just very It was scary for me Because I was like man I don't know if this guy Actually lived through this shoot (laughs) Oh
3: Man. So, yeah, he stumbles in the lake, and then you get probably my favorite sound bite of the whole thing <laughs> where the red headed stepsister hovering over the, the daughter that's been through the whole chaos of everything, losing her friends on it. <laughs> and she says this to her, and she responds back
4: I'll take care of you now. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I mean, it builds up. Well, into- well, she was so reluctant to, to let her take care of her.
3: It's, it only takes two serial killers, one of them being her dad. You know, you, you're kind of forced to have to take care of me because everybody else is dead. <laughs> <laughs> but I just love that. I'll take care of you now. And it's. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't get too excited about it. <laughs> you know,
2: that was one thing about this movie I thought they would come back with. Because you said about the dad, you know. Because yeah, they said the mom died, I was I was thinking it'd be again like Scream, where maybe maybe someone killed the mom mysteriously before and no one knew, but they didn't they didn't quite go that direction. No. I guess the mom just died, you know, natural causes or something.
3: Yeah, I mean it's, it's just kind of a yeah, again just more details that I guess don't really matter. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, all you needed was enough product placement by Pepsi, and that's that's all you really needed. So. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the next morning, man, you get them all standing at the lakeside. You got the DA standing there, and then you, then you get Mullet Cop, the guy that comes up and has one lap, and he's got this massive mullet, and he's like, he looks like he could be a journey, <laughs> either that or a wrestler from back in the time. One of the one of the two. He's like, yeah, we couldn't find anything, Chief, and just walks off. So he, that's his big, uh, big cameo in the movie. Whoever he is, and. Uh, you know, so the DA starts staring into him. We don't, we can't find anything. We we can't find any proof of what you're saying. And I'm like, okay, wait a minute. There was a, there's dead bodies in the barn. There's a, there's a fuel trail that was set on fire. There was an explosion with a chainsaw. Dude was on fire running through here. There's got to be boot marks. <laughs> <laughs> or something from <laughs> so a flaming guy that's running down now, I don't mean like hi I mean like a dude on fire <laughs> <laughs> running down through here and, and going into a lake I mean there's no way that a storm came and wiped all that out out of, out of the way in the last four hours what about all the credible eyewitnesses too that are still alive <laughs> yeah I mean so that's the only thing man. He, he, Roger Waters just being a butthole <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, he wants to convince. Doesn't he want to convince the town that it was it was all a split personality with Jenny's dad? Sure, yeah. yeah. Like like he was Charlie, but he was also Walt, and right. and somewhere in there he was killing as Charlie. And, and it was it sounded really stupid. Like the town must be really dumb if they're going to buy that.
3: Yeah, well, they are walking around at night with shotguns in their hands, so they'll probably believe it. <laughs> Anything. <to laughs> well, say
2: I mean, they good. also did. They did. <laughs> they did hire Charlie to prune that one tree for two weeks. <laughs>
3: Uh that's a thorough job right that, there. That's on them at that point. <laughs> and then outside of that, you get that kind of fade off where they're saying, well, you know, there's no proof of all this. And then all of a sudden you see <laughs> That's the other thing. Charlie's truck is missing. They know he lives there. So uh Charlie's cruising down the road and there's a chick hitchhiking, and he picks her up and drives off. The end. <laughs> <laughs> Or is it? <laughs> or is it? Uh, so you know what? This movie's really not that bad. I mean, it, no, I enjoyed it. I mean, it, it's it's got its weak parts, but it is a low-budget movie. But like I said, making the right decisions of knowing what to show, what not to show. Yeah, there's some story and some dialogue things that could have been a little better. The acting wasn't terrible. I mean, you had two or three characters characters that were a little questionable, but I think overall. It's a pretty solid little film for what it is.
2: Yeah, I, I really, I mean, I'd never seen this, and I expected it to be just a, you know, like last summer party type turd. But yeah. to me, to me, it was way more confidently made. So uh, how would you upgrade this movie?
3: Oh, upgrades, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, more product placement. <laughs> <laughs> Sh- a shower product placement? Well, that, that was my next one. More shower scene. <laughs> not, not shower scenes, shower scene. Just keep that one going. <laughs> I need
2: uh-huh. to know where she bought that loofah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> what about you? you have any updates? Um, A little
2: more backstory. You know, if you're going to tell me a story about Charlie having a chainsaw accident in Saigon, I want to see some part of that.
3: Yeah, you need, <laughs> you need a
2: Saigon flashback, yeah. <laughs> Th- that could have been, I mean, I know they didn't have the budget for that, but that could have been pretty interesting, man.
3: Yeah. Uh, that, that's kind of the thing, man. I, I think they had to find a way to These two were together somewhere. Well, they're both of this age. They were probably in Vietnam. So, yeah, they were in Saigon together because that's only the place in, you know, Vietnam they have ever heard of.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, at the time, it was 1990. They were listening to a lot of Saigon kick, so. (laughs) Nobody listened to a lot of Saigon kick. (laughs) No. (laughs) I I think I'm probably the the first person to mention Saigon kick in about 20 years.
3: Uh, I actually had the, the, the cassette, if you want to go back that far. and uh, I think I listened.
2: Uh, I would also upgrade this movie with a couple scenes that actually followed through with a thought. <laughs> like the one with the cop, where he's behind the bush. Like, just a couple scenes that if you're going to start filming it, finish finish the scene out. This movie doesn't overstay its welcome. It's only an hour and 15 minutes, which is perfect.
3: Really short. Yeah, it gets to the point. Um, the only way that it lags is just some of the kind of redundant dialogue that... If you could have replaced some of the dialogue with some more stuff that, like you said, that gives you some more backstory, this movie would have been even even better. So, But it's amazing that you take a low-budget version of a movie and you do the same kind of plots, twists, and turns that other movies have that are bigger budget. It's all about how you set it up and how you make it work. So, I don't know. I think for, again, like we said, it... it it, it surprised me that I was I was expecting you know like you said a, a real stinker, but uh, we'll get into the other stuff of some problems in the movie when we get a, get a little further along I think. Were
2: uh, Were there any good lessons
3: you learned from a bad movie from this one? Uh, use a syllable container when you're drinking in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> That way you don't lose all that great diet Pepsi down the drain. You know, just, you can leave the the cap on it.
2: Well, you know, the the funny thing is they had that that controversial Pepsi commercial earlier, like a a month or two ago, where it's the protest and the the girl takes the Pepsi up to the cop, and then the world achieves world peace. And uh, I honestly think that commercial would have been taken a lot better if it had been this shower girl naked walking up to that cop. (laughs) Uh, That's how you get peace. (laughs) (laughs) To (laughs) do. <laughs> um, uh, one thing for me is uh, you always wash your boobs first, and in front, make sure it's in front of an open window. Right,
3: right, right. Yeah, that's that's what you gotta do. <laughs> it, is, it is a must. So. And also, a uh, diet Pepsi is best served in a hot shower. <laughs> and it is our, our responsibility to update the population signs in town. <laughs> <laughs> You know what's
2: funny, though, is, is when he was doing that, I was just imagining. You see this guy he has all this lawn equipment and stuff, and he's got his costume. But I'm sitting there thinking, like, when did he pick up a freaking Sharpie or
3: whatever he used? Right, right. Like, like a piece of chalk, I guess is what it was, because it was white. And he just yeah. through the number and changed it. Better hope it doesn't rain, Charlie. <laughs> and also, the biggest lesson learned in this movie is just do your own tree service. You know, if you if you're gonna prune your trees, you yeah. do it yourself. Don't don't bring Charlie in to do it. The tree brings Charlie. You don't want it. <laughs> the tree brings Charlie. <laughs>
2: mm. That sounds like a sequel. That'd be awesome. <laughs> also, this I didn't think about this until we started talking about the movie, but you obviously want to check the gas cap on your chainsaw before you start using it. Yeah. Cause yeah. Because that that thing was just pouring gasoline
3: out. Yeah, I'm surprised it even stayed running because I mean, dude was just revving it and just going crazy with it, and it was just pouring out everywhere on his shoes. Yeah, you had to notice that stuff, Charlie. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, the 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 makeup
2: effects on Charlie were actually pretty good.
3: Not too bad, of course. They kind of had him in some dark lit stuff, so you know,
2: it it works. You know. Again. Yeah, the burns the burns were I mean, for for the budget, I'm sure, fairly decent. Yeah. <laughs> Hell, it may even have been the actual stunt guy after that long scene. Could have been, man. <laughs> That's just what he looked like afterwards. The, the only thing in this movie that made me ask what were they thinking was... What were they thinking putting the police station in a supply closet?
3: <laughs> oh, man. That
2: thing was tiny, man. It was like the, the sheriff's desk was right across from the receptionist. They had a coffee maker, like a uh, a, a Cooligan water machine... They had a shelf of books, a, a file cabinet, and it was all within like a tiny space. Yep.
3: Yep. I mean, it's just <laughs> a, it's just a big open room. So, again, not not a real place. They just had to do a makeshift. Hey, we'll stick some things over here. It looks like some kind of receptionist desk, and you know, just make it work. He had that big, uh, like, you know, steer skull hanging on the wall that he throws his hat on, and you know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. So, yeah, good stuff, man. And the other thing for me was just the whole thing again with the DA at the end, not looking at the evidence, the footprints, the burned-up chainsaw, blood from the bullets that you know when they were shooting the guy, there had to be blood on the ground from from all this. The whole steering <laughs> into the lake and the truck missing, you know, these are all this all that's all evidence, dude. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, this uh, this movie I I actually really enjoyed it for the most part. I mean, there were like we were saying, it doesn't overstay its welcome, and there are a few moments where it does drag but to me it was to me it wasn't nearly as bad as as i expected nope not one bit man so where does it sit on the bus just kind of a pleasant surprise yeah oh, for me on the bus i would put this i would put this um uh i honestly based on the mo- the caliber of movies we've done i would put this um two seats back from the front
3: wow well, i was just going to say right there in the middle which is kind of in that, in that area so pretty pretty dang close uh, let's see. We're, we're saying there's five seats, I think, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think we're both in the same seat. Yeah, we're in the same seat, halfway. See, yeah, that's, that's what I feel. It's it's not one of the better ones, but it's definitely not the worst by any means. So uh, yeah, just good right in the middle. Uh, I think you can enjoy this movie it's not really a party movie where you can get a bunch of people together and laugh at it. it, it it's actually, it's, you know, I mean, you probably could if you can stay interested that long with it. But uh, I think it's just a it's, a, it's a pretty solid little movie, man. Um, I'm surprised.
2: The, the only thing that I, I, you know, another update I'd make to this movie, an improvement would be, or an upgrade. I would uh, just have more Torino in this movie. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Torino You're gonna die! You're gonna die! <laughs>
2: That's the best. I, lo- I love that so much. I've been doing that at work all week, and I think my coworkers think I'm finally
3: just losing it. There you go, folks. If you're a fan of the show and you're hearing this, hashtag my Carino. <laughs> 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 Alright, we'll take a short break. We'll be right back after this, folks. Get out of the way!
2: Do you like movie reviews that are insightful, thought-provoking, and delivered by somebody who's trained to critically dissect every aspect of a motion picture without ever having to use obscenities? Then you've got the wrong f***ing show. Kruger Nation Horror Podcast is ready to feed your slasher movie and exploitation needs. There'll be more blood, expletives, and titties than you can shake your grandma's beetle flaps at. Visit www.KriggerNation.com
3: Oh, good God! A
4: butthole casserole! Hey, you
3: guys! Alright, folks. That's going to do it for this episode. Episode number 7. Hope you enjoyed it. Like I said, you can check this out on on, uh, YouTube. And uh, if you have recommendations for us to watch, if you think you've seen a real stinker and you want us to check it out, put it on the Facebook page or just let us know. Hey, Johnny. Hey, Rick. Here's one for you, and uh, we'll do our best to track it down and and see where it sits on the bus. But uh, it's always fun to get together and do this. Um, sometimes the movies are kind of boring. Sometimes they lack a lot of different things. But yeah, this one was kind of solid. It's not great by any means, but uh, I don't know, man. It's like you said earlier. Johnny said it best. It's no last lumber party. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, you know what, though? this Like I said, this movie is one hour and 15 minutes long, and after coming off of the last movie, Blood Salvage, which was an hour and 45 minutes long, right? I felt like this movie knew exactly when to get in and get out. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, So, yeah, man, that's fun. I guess what we'll do is uh, be looking for your recommendations, and we'll be ready to rock and roll the next time out. So you folks be looking for us next week. Johnny, got anything you want to add, buddy? Just make
2: sure to uh, uh, like the Facebook page. Follow us on Twitter, or, uh, on Instagram, Short right. Bus Cinema. We're everywhere. We are everywhere. <laughs> That's
3: right. We'll see you <laughs> folks later, man. Peace.